Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, as I say, usually at the end of the program, I'm saying at the beginning, um, make sure you pass the word about this time together, okay? Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, <clears throat> whatever. And because uh, that's the primary way people find out is through word of mouth. So I so appreciate it. We're looking in Romans 12 at the way the body of Christ is functioning. And so let me read the first five verses that we've covered the last couple of episodes. And uh, then we'll press on because we start to see some real detail here. Verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. An amazing truth here that we, the many, many that make up the body of Christ, are one body, and that individually we're still members, but we're members of one another, okay, members of one another, and that God has done this and poured out a measure of faith to each one of us. Now, listen how this goes down. Verse 6 now, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, so there is just a proclamation of a truth. Paul is saying by the Holy Spirit that each one of us have gifts that are different and they're different according to the grace given to us. And uh, in 1 Corinthians, he deals a lot with this because, and we'll see it later, there were fights and there were squabbles among the body of Christ. Can you imagine? And they were exalting certain gifts and they were looking down their nose at certain gifts. And some people who were manifesting certain gifts because God had given them those gifts were thinking more highly of themselves than they were of other people that had other gifts. And what the Lord is saying is here, we have different gifts and it's different gifts according to the grace given to us. That literally means it's according to what God wanted to do. Now, in verse 6, it's sort of interesting. Let me read it again. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Okay, Each of us is to exercise these gifts accordingly. Now, that each of us to exercise them, uh, exercise these gifts accordingly is in italics in the New American Standard from which I'm reading right now. And what that means is those actual words are not in the uh, uh, original, I mean, the older documents that we have related to this. But the words are put in the English language where we can understand what is meant by it. And you see that quite often. You'll see a word in italics. And it simply means that this word is needed in this language to clarify what is being communicated here. So what he's saying is we have varied gifts, different kind of gifts. But we are to use these gifts and we're to exercise them 
according to the grace that God has given us. We're to exercise these gifts in the body of Christ for one another, for one another. And so now Paul starts delineating this little list of spiritual gifts. Now, when you read various commentaries and various books and things like that, you'll see that some people say, well, there's nine spiritual gifts of the Lord. Somebody else says there's 19 spiritual gifts of the Lord. Uh, I know what they mean by both of those, and both of those are correct. It's just that there is not an exhaustive list somewhere where God says, here are the spiritual gifts. But he does give various lists in several places as to how we're functioning together. The primary thing we're to understand is this, that the Spirit of the Lord gives the gifts, and we'll see this over in 1 Corinthians, that the Spirit of the Lord gives the gifts as he desires. And as we see here in Romans, it is by the grace of God and it's by the proportion of grace and proportion of faith. So listen to this, verse 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Then it's got a colon. If prophecy, according to proportion of his faith. So we're going to see this little if this, if this, if that. And this lets us know that this is a giftedness that comes from God. So the first one he mentions is prophecy. If prophecy, if the Lord has gifted somebody with prophecy, then he needs to exercise that prophecy according to the to the proportion of his faith. And boy, that's some interesting things that we will start developing over a period of time to see what the scripture says about it. We're just exercise this gift, but it will be tied in proportionally to the faith that someone has. Then how much will they appropriate that faith? Then verse seven, if service in his serving. So we see that service is a gift that is given by God. And someone will say, well, I thought we were all supposed to serve. We are. But there is a spiritual empowering for service. Over in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, hey, I wish you all would prophesy as much as I do. We're to all prophesy. Prophesying simply means to speak forth the truth, to tell forth the truth. But there is a spiritual gift of prophecy. So back to Romans 12, 7, if service in his servant or he who teaches in his teaching. So as you are exercising these gifts, you need to exercise the grace of God that he's granted within whatever that gift may be. So we see there's the gifts of prophecy, of service, of teaching. Uh, verse 8, or he who exhorts in his exhortation. There's a spiritual gift of exhortation. And I like to use the example exhorting. You know, what's the difference between exhorting and encouraging? Uh, your mama encourages you, okay? <laughs> mama will come along and encourage you. You can do it. You can do it. I think of the football coach on the sideline with a young man, and the coach reaches over and grabs him by the face mask and just shakes his head and says, get out there. You can do it. You can do it. And just throws him out in the field and gives him a swift kick in the rear end as he goes, you know. That's exhortation. You know, the idea – of just really, really pushing somebody on something. So if someone exhorts, and there's a spiritual gift of this, then you need to do this in the power of the grace of God. There's some more. He who gives with liberality. And there's some interesting things of how he's saying this. So let me just back up and read them all again. Verse 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving or he who teaches in his teaching, <coughs> or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality. So it's showing you how to 
do these things. If you have the spiritual gift of giving, then give with liberality. What people say, well, I thought everybody's supposed to give. Everybody is to give, but there is a spiritual gift of giving. Now, last couple of ones. He who leads with diligence. There's a spiritual gift of leadership. And the one that has the spiritual gift of leadership needs to exercise that gift according to the grace of God and do so with diligence. I tell you, folks, I see a lot of folks that are in leadership positions. They are not spiritually gifted to do it because they do not do so with diligence. They do so with slothfulness. They're lazy. They're ill-prepared and they're unprepared. I see it all the time and it's heartbreaking. Can somebody who does not have the spiritual gift of leadership lead? Well, of course, you see it in the world all the time. But I do believe that we would be better off within the body of Christ if we let those who are spiritually empowered by God to lead, if we let them lead. To which everybody should say, well, duh. <laughs> okay, here's the last one. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. That's interesting. And you say, well, how can that be mercy and cheerfulness? A lot of times we're all to show mercy, yes. But there's a spiritual empowerment of showing mercy. And when you show mercy, you don't need to get into a defeatist mindset or a bitter mindset. We're to do so with cheerfulness. And I tell you what, my time is totally out right here. We will continue this. Go back and read Romans 12, verses 1 through 8. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.